0: How's everybody doing today? Come on, let's do a little better than that. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I get to see you today. Look at your other neighbor and say, I was talking to the other person. Amen. So glad to see you. If this is your first time at Landmark Church, they have a crazy pastor named Justin Blankenship, and that's me. So so glad to have you this morning. Honored that you would join us. Uh, to worship today. We're excited about all that God is doing in our lives. Just a couple, uh, one quick announcement I'll tell you as well. We are having next Sunday night, we are having a community revival. Um, Our church and First Baptist Church here in town have decided to join together and have a revival. So next Sunday night at 5 p.m., um, if you ever wanted to see a Pentecostal holiness preacher preach at a Baptist church, um, you can come to First Baptist Church next Sunday night. It's on Green Avenue, if you in the middle of town, and we'll have service there at 5 o'clock. They will do worship. I'll be preaching. And then Monday night at 6 o'clock, we're going to have church here, and we're going to do worship. And their youth pastor, they're currently without a pastor, so their youth pastor is going to be speaking here that night. So I want to invite you to both things. Here's the reason why. Number one, come out and support our church um, come to First Baptist to support me. I want to see faces there that I know. But then come on Monday night so that we have, we want to have a good crowd here as well. We want our church to be represented. So Monday night, 6 o'clock a little early. We usually do 7, they're doing 5. So they do 5 on Sunday night. So we're just going to go ahead and do 6. So get off work, come. That gives you plenty of time. We'll be done in time for you to go eat or whatever afterwards. Get your kids in bed and those kind of things. So Friday, uh, Sunday, 5 o'clock there, Monday here at 6. And uh, we're just excited about all that God is doing in our community. Amen? Amen. Will you stand up this morning? If you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. I want to read a couple of verses of scripture, and we're in the series called Abide. And this morning, I want to preach to you from this topic. You ready? Chop, chop, chop. Are you ready for that? Chop, chop, chop. John chapter 15 and verse 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I don't stand here today with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I stand here today in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that your spirit is the only thing that can truly transform us and change us. So Father, in these next few moments as I speak what I believe you have given me for us, I just pray that our ears will be listening to hear what the spirit is saying to us. And that, Father, we will not only be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word. We will go out and live the life you have called us to live. Thank you for the privilege to hear your word today, for the privilege to allow you to work in our lives. And today we don't take that lightly. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and in the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people together said, amen. Turn around look at somebody and say, chop, 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 and you may be seated. I'm going to ask you a question, but do not raise your hand. I don't want anybody to think you're weird or strange, okay? But is there anybody that really likes pain? Maybe some people do, but don't raise your hand once again. Do we really enjoy pain? Whenever Benjamin was being born, my wife um, decided, which I, I was very much behind and thought it was a good idea for her to get an epidural. You know, my my mom had me naturally... And uh, I, I told Sarah, listen, I'm all for epidural. I don't want you screaming at me or, you know, clutching my hand and hurting me. So let's just go for it. So when she's getting the epidural, I had to get on the ground. And literally, like the the guy was, the doctor was like, sit here and let her put her feet and her knees kind of. you got to place them because she's going to have to hunch over to get this epidural in her back. So I'm, I'm ready, and I'm sitting there in front of her, and this is happening. And the doctor, and I, and I understand the seriousness of why they have to do this, but the doctor was like, listen, don't move. If you move, I could put the, the needle in the wrong place and you could be paralyzed. And so, my wife, you know my wife, I love her. She's teaching right back there. If she can hear me, baby, I love you very much. She can be a tad dramatic. So, my wife, we're sitting there, needle's about to be put in her back. And she gets ready for it. And whenever he does it, she flinches a little bit. And in her mind, she moved. And she looks at me and says, Am I paralyzed? Am I paralyzed? And I'm like, you just moved your legs. What do you think? Now, the truth is, it was painful. She flinched because of the painfulness of this needle going into her back. And I understand that. But the pain had a purpose. The pain had a reason behind it. I've been waiting to preach this message for so long. When I knew I was going to talk about abiding. Because to me, this is what it means to really love. Christ and to know Christ and to live in Christ. Jesus said this, I am the vine and you are the branches. I'm going to get to what this means in a few moments, this next part, but hear what he says. Those vines, those branches that do not bear fruit, I get rid of them. But those that do bear fruit, I prune them. So they can bear more fruit. This is what the message translation says. I am the real vine. My father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. This is not pruning shears. This is like clipping shears. But this is a better illustration than little pruning shears. But I want you to get this in your head today. That pruning is not punishment. We think that whenever we are being pruned, and by pruned, I mean God taking things out of our life that are not like him. God working on us. God cutting back things. We think it's punishment. Well, God, what did I do? Why are you mad at me? Have you ever felt like everything was, I mean, you finally got to the place, everything was going just the way you wanted it to, and then all of a sudden, something happened, and it was painful, and it was tough. And we think it's punishment. God, you're punishing me. God, I messed up. And listen, there are times that we do mess up, but I'm not talking about that this morning. I'm talking about the fact that when God works on us and God prunes us, it is not punishment. As a matter of fact, for the Christian, pruning is not punishment, but it is a reward. It is a reward because the only branches that he chops on and prunes are the branches that are bearing fruit. And if you are bearing fruit and being who you're called to be, then God is going to work on you even more. Why? Not because he's mad at you, not because you're doing it wrong, but because he wants you to bear even more more fruit. Amen. Excuse me. Anybody that works on trees knows this. You take a tree that produces peaches or apples or whatever and when the winter months come and the leaves are gone, they begin to prune those branches and listen, the tree's look ugly. And sometimes it looks like they messed up. They pruned it so far back, nothing's going to come from it. But all of a sudden a good person that can prune a tree knows this, that just because you cut it back doesn't mean you're destroying the tree. You're actually making the tree more healthy because whenever it grows back it's going to be fuller. Whenever it grows back, it's going to have more fruit. When it grows back, it's going to be better than it was before. And so when God is working on you, you're looking at me God and you're saying God you're killing me here you're hurting me this is painful this is not fun but listen if you hear nothing else I say this morning hear this one phrase what you think is killing you is actually growing you what you think is killing you is God actually growing you because here's the thing we like life to be fun and easy and nice we like everything to go the way we want it to go And God says, if everything goes the way you want it to go, then you will never become who I want you to be. And so for me to make you who I want you to be, I've got to chop on some things. I've got to prune you back. I've got to take those areas of your life, even the good things. And I've got to say, okay, I'm going to work on them so that ultimately you are living the life of Christ. You are reflecting the life of Christ. Even a grapevine, whenever it's full of grapes, guess what happens? You know what happens to the grapes around it? Whenever the vine is so full of grapes and leaves, it casts a shadow on the other vines and it destroys them because that one vine is doing, in some ways, too well. And you know what God says? I want all of us to produce fruit. So I'm going to take you, and even though you're doing good right now, I'm not mad at you. I'm not punishing you. I know there's more in you than you can see. I know there's more to it than you can imagine. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prune. I'm going to cut back some things in you until you can produce more fruit. So once again, Jesus said, my father does not prune the trees that produce no fruit. He gets rid of those. I don't know about you. Listen, God loves you. He's not going to just cast you to the side. That's not what he's saying. But his point is that that the person that is pruning doesn't go after the branches that are not doing anything. He goes after the branches that are working. This is, this is not a fun concept, have you ever been on a job and you feel like, I do the most work around here, and they expect the most out of me, and they, they're looking at me for these things, and these knuckleheads around me aren't doing much, and they leave them alone? You know why sometimes bosses do that? Because they know who can produce and who can't. And they know who is really making a difference and who isn't. And there are times we put more pressure on those that are doing well, not because we're just trying to single them out, but because we see what is in them. We see there's more in them. And what God says is this. You think you're doing good, but you have no idea how good it can really get. You have no idea what kind of pr- fruit you can produce. You're producing fruit at this level, and I know if you'll just let me work with you a little bit, you can produce fruit at this level. But you've got to let me prune some things for you to get from this level to that level. i got to cut some things back. i got to work on some areas of your life and you're saying God everything's going good everything's wonderful just leave me alone for a little while and God said if I left you alone I would not be a good father but I love you and that's why I'm doing it listen if we're all honest I know this is not a message you're going to shout and run I get that kind of stuff okay you're looking at me like a calf at a new gate and I understand that that's a country reference for all you city folks who didn't laugh just kidding Life is messy and stinky sometimes. Will you admit that? Come on, talk to me. We're Pentecostal. You can talk out loud. Life is stinky sometimes. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus tells a parable about a man who had a fig tree that was not producing fruit. And so the the owner of the vineyard says, get rid of that tree. It literally is taking up space. There's no reason for that tree to be here. Get rid of it. And the, 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 the guy that was working the vineyard said, wait a minute, let me do one thing. Let me mess with it. Let me work on it. Here's what I'm going to do to it. Number one, I'm going to dig around it. Because when you dig around trees, whether you know this or not, you are actually stimulating the roots and stimulating growth. Because those roots can get comfortable where they're at. And so the owner says, I'm going to dig around it. And then, I love this terminology in the King James. He says, literally, I'm going to dig and I'm going to dung it. That's what the King James says. I'm going to dung it. I am going to fertilize it. I am going to take the fertilizer and I'm going to put on it. First I'm going to dig and then I'm going to dung. I'm going to put some fertilizer on there and then if it doesn't produce fruit we can get rid of it, but let's see what it does. And you know what I believe in our life? God digs around. God says, here let me chop some things back. Let me take some things that aren't like me. Let me me get rid of some stuff. Let me work on your heart and on your life. Let me work on those issues, that anger and jealousy and all greed and all these things in your heart. God says, I want you to care more about me than you do yourself so let me dig a little bit and then god says that mess you think that thing that you think is mess is dung in your life i am actually using it to fertilize you i am actually using it to grow sometimes you think why in the world are these people around me dumping all their mess on me why in the world do i have to listen to this person dump their mess on me again and do you realize god says that thing you think is a mess I am actually using it to fertilize you, and you're growing because of it, and if it didn't happen, you would stay the same. You know what the sad thing is? I think probably 90% of the church would be okay to stay the same. I think 90% of people in the church today would be okay with just staying the same. God, I'm good. I'm comfortable. Everything's good. Me and my family are getting along okay. My job, I don't really like it, but I tolerate it. You know what? Everything's fine. I'm good, just God, leave me alone. And God says, that's not the point of all of this. The point of this is for you to be shaped and molded into the image of Jesus Christ. And if he left you alone, he would not be a good father. You know what? One, of the, I have a simple uh, a, a goal in life with Benjamin. I don't want to raise a punk. You understand that? Literally, it boils down to that. I just don't want to raise a punk. I tell him that all the time. He takes my hats off of me and just throws them on the ground. I said, Benjamin, that is a punk move. Quit doing that. (laughs) Like, do not be a punk. Like, that's literally it, okay? Like, I'll teach him to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. I grew up saying that. I grew up in my house growing up. I could not say hello on the phone. I had to say Blankenship Residence. Those are two very long words. And when I went to work at the local drugstore, I'd pick up the phone and say, Blankenship Residence. And I'd say, sorry, city drugstore, my bad. This is not my house. I literally could not say hello. I'll teach you to be respectful. I just don't want to raise a punk. And you know what God says sometimes? I'm tired of my children being punks. They just want to go through life and have everything good. And you know what God says? I've got so much more for you. But you know what? Until you begin to allow him to do that, until he begins to work on you, you're not really showing the life of Christ. But then all of a sudden, when he begins to work on you, the mess happens and you're fertilized and you begin to get dug on and dung on and all those things happen. And then you begin to grow. Then people look at you and say, man, you're not the same person you were five months ago in a good way. There's something different about you. That is what people should be able to say about us. There's something different about you. You don't act like you. I don't even mean, listen to me, I don't mean sinful. It's easy to say, yeah, I don't do those big sinful things, but now that you come to know Jesus, do you look different five months later because you look more like Jesus than you did five months ago? And I don't care how long you've been serving Jesus, you will never get to the place where you have to quit worrying about this. Because we will never, until we see him face to face, we will never reach the place of perfection. And so what we're doing is God is working on us, and he's digging on us, and he's letting dung to happen to us. But he is growing us, and God says, I'm chopping away, and I want to do it. I want to do this in your life, not because I'm punishing you. And listen, it doesn't mean God has forsaken you. Do you realize that whenever the vine dresser is the closest to the vineyard, it's when he's down there pruning it you realize that once again these are these are these are a lot bigger than pruning shears pruning shears are small okay if you want to prune a vine you don't stand back i got one of those pole saws okay i try to prune the trees in my house and i'm like doing this ducking because i'm not good at this and i don't want to fall on my head but i can get a ways away from that thing but with the pruning shears you get up close and you get down where it's at and you cut away right by it and when god's pruning you. He's not standing a million miles back. He's right with you. He is there with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And life may not be easy and it may not be fun. And it's hard allowing him to shape us and mold us. It's vulnerable because we're just opening ourselves up to God. But God says, I haven't left you. Matter of fact, I'm closer to you right now than I've ever been. Amen? How do we allow God to prune us? Two things. Number one, we have to surrender all, everything. The old song, I surrender, we don't don't sing I surrender song. You understand that? I surrender all. And the way you allow God to prune you, once again, I used the word a minute ago, you have to become vulnerable. You have to lay yourself open before God. But the truth is this, God already sees it. Hebrew says there is nothing that is hidden from the eyes of God. There is nothing God doesn't know. But you know what he's waiting on? He's waiting on you to acknowledge it. Because until you acknowledge it, you can't fix it. Until you say, yes, God, I need you to do that. Until you acknowledge it, I've got some anger issues. I've got some jealousy issues. I've got some pride issues. I've got some ego things. Until you acknowledge that, he can't work on it. Because God is a gentleman. He will not force himself on anybody. He will not force his way on anybody but God wants to sanctify you and make you holy but you've got to surrender you've got to literally lay there wide open to God and say God here I am do what you want and listen you have to do this you can't knock his hand out of the way when he begins to mess with areas that are painful to deal with you know the only reason they put people under when they have surgery it's not just because of the pain it's because they don't want people trying to punch them and kick them when it starts hurting I mean, it's not just because the person can't necessarily handle it. It's like, I'm the type of person, I'm like, you know, the doctor's like, I just need to fill a cavity. I'm like, knock me out. Like, I don't want to mess with it. (laughs) Knock me out. But the reason that happens is because they need total surrender of that body to work on. And too many times we, we come to a service like this and we hear a message about God sanctifying us and changing us. And we're like, yeah, God, I give you everything. And then we walk out the door and we're like, I hope he didn't really hear me say that. Like, I hope he didn't hear what I said, because the truth is, I'll give you a little bit. But the only way God can truly prune you and and to work in your life is for you to surrender everything to him. And what goes along with that is, number two, you've got to fully trust him. You've got to trust him, that he knows what he's doing. When I was growing up, I mowed yards for a living in the summer, me and a friend of mine. And I was always scared to death. I would not mow a yard unless I walked with the person on the property. Because inevitably, some lady had a plant out there that looked like a weed to me. And I would mow over it. And that was her prized Possession. And I'm like, zoom right over it. Man, the yard looks good. Well, that one plant I've been working on forever is gone. So I would say, okay, show me what you want me to mow. Like, you show me the parameters, and then I will mow the grass. Like, you show me the boundaries. Because in Mississippi, we didn't have, like, rocks around everything. We were redneck. It was just like, there's the the plant just sitting out there in the middle of nowhere, okay? No man's land. But, zoom, right over it. So I would say, tell me what you want me to do. And when they told me, I'd go to town. I'm a fast walker. I'd walk that thing. I'd a push mower, man. I'd walk as fast as I could. I, I, I'd walk the mower up and down the street because I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't driving at the time, and my mom wouldn't take me for whatever reason. So I would just walk the mower up and down the road. I'd mow grass, man. That was my summer making a living. But, I, I, but once I knew the parameters and I knew this was all mine, it was go. And here's the thing. Can you trust God that he knows what he's doing? That god is trying to chop out some things he's trying to cut back some areas of your life that he wants to work on some things he's been needing to work on a long time and he's not doing it because he's mad at you because he hates you because you're in trouble he's doing it because he loves you and it's a reward if god is pruning you it means you are producing fruit but once again i look and i say well lord that's not fair you're not working on them look at look at what they're doing and god says Worry about yourself, and I am producing some things in you that only you can produce, and if you'll let me, I will do it in your life. Here's my question, and I'm almost done. The worship team can join me very quickly on stage. Will you let him chop what he needs to chop? Will you let him do what he wants to do? They're going to sing another song in a few moments, but I want you to sing this little song with me this morning, you know it. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Do you trust him this morning? Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Will you stand to your feet? Do you trust him this morning? Do you trust him to work on your life the way he wants to work on it? Do you trust him to chop back the things that are not like him so that you can produce more fruit? Jesus said, those that are producing fruit, I will prune back so that they can produce even more fruit. And what God wants for all of us, listen to me, you were created to produce fruit. You were created to make a difference. Your life was. Do you realize we get caught up in this mundane world. Your life was meant to make a difference. Your story was made, was called to make a difference. There are people that need to have a difference made in their life. And your story is the very thing that can set them free. And fruit can be produced. You realize just walking through a line at Walmart or Cash saver or wherever you're at around here, the fact that you can love somebody and be kind to somebody when everybody else is mad and angry, and you can show the love of Christ can produce fruit. But you know what? If you're one of the angry ones, you're not producing any fruit. So God says, "I'm gonna work on you. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it where every line in Walmart shut down except one, and there's gonna be forty thousand people in that line, and I will make you get in it." I'm pruning some things. God says, I'm going to make I-35 be worked on from the Genesis 1 until I come back. I mean, there's not one part of I-35 from the beginning of time when Moses crossed the Red Sea. He had to go around cones to do it. You understand that? Like, I'm, I'm going to make it a one-lane traffic all the way and I'm going to make it where all these other idiots, pardon my language, are driving this way, and you're lying, and you're saying, you will not get in front of me. Come on, be honest. Let's be honest. Don't lie. Come on. If everybody, I, I'm the guy that gets over in the middle, so they can't get around me. I just make them mad. Yeah. I make them mad. But you know what? Sometimes God's saying, why does it matter that much? I'm pruning why does it matter we get so upset about things and and those are just like funny practical things but truthfully god wants to change us. where it's not about us anymore it's not about you it's about him we are called to reflect the glory of god and guess what if i if i get my life all messed up with me i can't reflect his glory a mirror that is dirty and messed up can't reflect anything but when you clean that thing up then it begins to reflect an image And God says, I want to reflect my glory in you, but you're in the way. And when I get you out of the way and I get it all cleaned up, then I can reflect my glory. But as long as you are in the way, you know what? If your vine is so full, it gets in the way of what God wants to do. So God says, I'm cutting that vine back a little bit. Chop, chop, chop. And now. You're going to produce some more fruit and then what you're going to think okay pastor you preached that one time god did it in me now he's produced more fruit great let's get and god says you know what the next time you start producing more fruit chop 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 it's a never-ending process so you know why because we are constantly surrendering to god there will never be a time where you don't need to be fully surrendered and fully trusting him jesus said pick up your cross every single day and follow after me Not pick up your cross until it becomes a little difficult and you figure this thing out and then you put it down. He said, every single day, pick up your cross and follow me. Every day, allow him to chop little by little by little until you reflect his image. Will you close your eyes? Is anybody this morning that would just say, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. You keep talking about this man. And I have never even started on my journey of knowing him. And today, I want to begin that journey of knowing Jesus. So with everybody, every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. anybody would just raise your hand and say, today, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. Today is my day to say, I will follow after Him. Amen. Is there anybody today, then, that would just say this? You can keep your eyes closed. They would say, Pastor, I need God to work on me. And I'm only going to raise my hand for this one thing that I promised today. I will surrender myself to him fully. I'm tired of holding things back. I want to give him everything. Would you just lift your hands right now and say, I am his. Father, as we lift holy hands to you, we are saying, mold us, shape us into the image of your son. And Father, the pruning process is not fun, but it has to happen. And the pruning process has a reason behind it. Because, Father, you are cutting away things that aren't like you so that things that are like you can grow. Because as long as we hold on to those other things, we can never produce all the fruit you want us to produce. So, Father, right now, we just give ourselves to you. Father, work in us. Do your work in our hearts. We surrender all, not some, not parts of us. We surrender everything to you. We lay our life on the altar. And we say, God, work in us. Work in us. Thank you that it is you working in us. It is your goodwill and pleasure to work in our lives so that we can look more like Jesus. So, Father, today we just give you permission. Prune us. Prune us. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's worship.